What's up, my confidence queens? Are you ready to feel confident as fuck? I'm your host, the confidence queen herself, Alicia Lechuga, and I am your confidence bestie. I went from trying to shrink my body in order to find happiness and approval to finally letting go of dieting, others' opinions, and inspiring hundreds of women along the way. This podcast is all about confidence, living unapologetically as yourself daily, and ultimate self-love. This is Confident as Fuck. Hello, hello, and welcome back. It is a Friday today, which feels like I never have uploaded on a Friday. Actually, I know I've never uploaded on a Friday, but you guys, it took me forever to edit this episode because I procrastinated and overbooked myself. (laughs) Who can relate? Um, I wanted to give a quick little disclaimer before going into this episode that actually I had some more technical difficulties. So yes, I am working on getting a podcast producer. Your girl needs one because obviously I keep having these tech difficulties um, and I need someone to edit because I can't edit on time. So I'm working on getting a podcast producer. If you have any suggestions, I'd love to hear them over on my Instagram. However, until I have one, um, sometimes we have technical technical difficulties over here. Sometimes you have trouble speaking. You know what, who can say what's going to happen on this podcast? I'm not really sure, but we had some technical difficulties. So just for the first 40 minutes, nothing major. Um, Jenna is going to sound a little further away from the mic. Um, and I'm going to sound a lot closer. So I apologize. Jenna's mic was turned around, uh, for the first 40 minutes of this episode, but the episode is really, really worth listening to. We're actually going to get into all things Kim Kardashian. Um, Um, and her scandal with the dress for the Met Gala. So I hope you guys are interested in that. I hope you guys really take something away from this episode. It is all on confidence and owning your feelings. So I love you. I love this episode. I can't wait for you to hear it. Jenna is back. So let's just fucking get into it. Welcome back. We are back with Jenna. So Jenna is back in case you guys don't remember or you haven't listened to her episodes. She has two episodes. So she is actually (laughs) the third, the second person with three episodes. Bake Shell has two and now you have a, or Bake Shell has three and now you have, are going to have three. Wow. I'm getting tongue tied already. Um, (laughs) We're off to a good start. We're off to, oh my God. (laughs) We are off to a great start. This morning has literally been like technical difficulty times 10. Like everything that tech in my life, everything that, what? Oh my God. <laughs> everything in Go my life <laughs> that it was tech had an issue with it today. So we're starting, we're off to a great start. Um, we are back with Jenna. If you guys do not remember her or you haven't listened to her episodes, she has two episodes. I believe it's seven and eight. Um, I think it's seven and eight. Yeah, seven, seven and eight. eight. Yeah. Um, all on human design. And so we went fully into what human design was or is and also my human design chart. Um, and so if you guys haven't listened to those, I highly suggest listening to both of those. And then today we're actually going to go on a completely different subject. So we're going to talk about um, something that we started talking about in the DMs and we were like, okay, let's get on the podcast and talk about this because it's we something. Went off. Yeah. <laughs> Which I always do with people in the DMs, but we were definitely like, okay, we should have a whole episode about this. Yeah. So, first of all, welcome back to Jenna. 
Thank you. She's here. Happy to be here. She's wearing her Confident AF merch. Hells yes, you guys I are am. watching. She's wearing her Confident AF merch, and um, I decided to just match her. I just did the black um, version. So we're twinning. We're twinning today. And she actually also has her Confident AF mug. mug. Yes. Okay, so she's actually the first person it. to have it in studio with me. I'm so excited. So excited. So exciting. That has been a long time coming. So weekly wins and weekly faves. Let's do it. Okay. I'm I prepared. You did? Oh, yay. <laughs> you guys know I am not prepared. Okay, so what is your weekly win? My weekly oh, win? Oh, weekly fave. Let's do that first. Okay. Sorry. My weekly fave is a skincare product. Okay, yay. Youth to the People. Yes. An amazing brand. I highly recommend. It is 100% vegan, which I love. Um, and all their skincare has been really powerful, and I've noticed a huge difference using it. But they sent me a couple months ago, um, and I just started using it, the Retinol Youth Serum. Oh my gosh. It's freaking amazing. You use it nightly. Um... And my skin has just been glowing and more even toned and brighter and like fine lines are diminishing. Which yes. When you're in your 40s, it's important. <laughs> um, I love it. But you can't go wrong with any of their stuff, but I'm really loving this product. And they're like a, um, not a high price brand, right? Like an affordable I would brand? Say, yeah, I would say medium. like mid. Medium. Okay. Mid, mid to high. Mid to but high. But not okay. like high, not like La Mer high. Okay, I was like, actually thinking, I think I was confusing it with um, The Ordinary. I think that's the oh, brand okay. I was confusing it with. So, like, I looked up this product. Um, so, I was looking in the mirror this morning, and I was like, wow, my skin's looking really good. Yes. And that's when I was like, ooh, I should talk about that for my weekly fave. Yeah. Because um, I was just noticing the results this morning. So, I looked up the product um, just to check, and, like, the the bottle of it is like 68 bucks oh okay so it's not unreasonable no. i don't think and i feel like it'll last you because you just Especially, like a little bit goes a long way yeah for a serum i feel like under a hundred dollars for a serum is pretty good because it is going to last you like a while yeah i would say like the closer you get to a hundred the higher for me that's like the higher the higher end, end. Yeah. yeah great awesome yeah. i love that so i'll link that for you guys um in the show notes and then also of course on Maybe I can find it on Amazon. And link Ooh, it. I don't know if they sell on Amazon. I don't know. I'll try to find it and put it on the Amazon storefront for you guys. Yeah. Um, if not, it'll That'd be linked be awesome. in the show notes. Um, my fave for this week is actually, um, it's it's like a really random fave. So I'm gonna link these things on the Amazon storefront because they are from Amazon. But it is the like crystals, like um, these like mini. The, okay, so like the cra the crafting crystals that you like, I was showing you the um, shot glass. Yeah. Like those little crystals, or or like you guys see have seen my microphones Your like these. Out mics. Yeah. So I've been really. Um, I was just telling Jenna, I've been like really trying to um, embrace like my more like crafting or or artistic side, and not kind of like shutting that down and allowing that to just shine a little bit more. And so I was actually, I'm always looking for stuff for the podcast room, but I actually was looking to do, um, one of my friends came over and he has his own clothing brand and he brought shot glasses with his logo on it. And I was like, oh my God, how cute. 
And my sister was here last week and she was like, why don't you have shot glasses? Like you should have shot glasses. That's very on brand for you. You <laughs> sometimes do, you know, drunk epi episodes. <laughs> and so why don't you have shot glasses? And I was like, oh, true. So I went on a hunt to do, to find custom shot glasses. So I went on Etsy and I see these shot glasses, um, that have like bling or rhinestones on them and they're super cute and they're like 16 to 20 dollars for one right now you guys know i am not the type of person who's just going to usually like to say like i'd rather make that myself than buy it is very uncommon for me to say i usually would say like i don't want to fuck with it i don't want to mess with it spend the money i'd rather spend the money or i'd rather not buy it right mm -hmm. i wouldn't want to try to make it myself However, in this, I've talked about how much the podcast has made me grow. And this is another piece of how the podcast has made me grow is I've really been embracing my artistic side, but also I've realized how much of a vision I do have for things and not just saying like, oh, I don't like, I'm not into like, like I'm not like very good at visually doing something or I'm not good at designing something where I'm not good at that. I think I always said that because I've been like pretty much all my life's been like type A. I'm more like analytical and that's why I've always kind of like we always try to put ourselves in these boxes. Mm, I'm yeah. this person. I'm that person. This is who I am. I don't do this. I do that. Whatever. And so I've always kind of like pushed that artistic or creative side away saying that I'm not that way. And you I, so are. I am. You really, really are. I never have realized it. I actually realized this when launching the podcast, I wanted a video, like a few reels created. Um, and so I did a photo shoot, which the photos can, came out amazing. I did video. The videos came out amazing. And I wanted um, the, when I contracted the uh, photographer and videographer, um, I wanted her to create the reels. This was exactly something that I would typically do. I don't want to create it myself. I would like someone else to create it because I don't want to spend the time creating it, right? But I didn't realize that my vision was very specific with those reels until when it came back to me, it was something completely different, not the photographer or videographer's fault. It was that I didn't realize how specific my vision was. And I didn't realize that until I started talking to Renee about it. And then he's like, you, you just had a very specific vision and that that's why it's not coming out the way that you thought it would. And so that happened, um, and made me realize like how specific my vision was. I started creating the podcast studio and then I realized like my vision was very specific for that. Um, and I just started seeing all these different things like, Oh, I actually do have, very specific taste, very specific vision, very specific, like artistic something, right? Creativity maybe. And so I'm letting that be embraced. And so when I went to look for these shot classes and I saw they're 16 to $20 and they still weren't really exactly what I wanted, I was like, this is a chance for me to embrace my creativity and try creating it how I would like, right? On my own. So that's my weekly fave is the actual like crystals, which I'll put in the Amazon storefront, but that, I'm going to actually tie that into my win. 
Um, so my weekly win is actually embracing that a lot more and also knowing the difference between that creativity and also like letting that when to let that like shine and also when to when to let that like when to take it on myself and when to like sub out um, work mm -hmm. because I think that's something that you know we're told so much as business owners and entrepreneurs is like oh let the people that do what they do best shine and that's very true but also knowing like when to take things on as your own or even taking them on as your own to understand them better and to be able to communicate your vision to someone else so like with the podcast studio um i think if i or if and when we ever go to like an actual studio location i may still also hire someone to design it or to um or to create it with me, but I would just know that my, now I know my vision is so my visions are specific and my taste is specific that I need to be able to communicate that effectively. Yeah. So that's my long-winded win love it. and fave. So I love it. I'm so happy that you are embracing your Thank you. artistic side because I think that you have such a beautiful eye for things. Everything that you put together is like eye candy. It really Love is. That. Like this office and like, I mean, just the merch. Everything is just like total eyegasm. So. Thank you. I love it. Thank you. Keep Thank embracing. You. What is your win? My weekly win. Okay. So. I. My weekly win is embracing the surrender. So. That sounds way deeper than what it <laughs> actually is. But. So I talk a lot about rest, especially as a projector, and knowing when it's time for me to rest and recharge. Um, for me, it's never been a problem to stop and rest. What the problem has been is I beat myself up during it. Okay. So I'll sit there and be like, ah, I really should be more productive. I really should be doing this. Why can't I just like find the motivation? I have this to do. I have that to do. And so like I'll be taking the rest. But, like, the whole time I'm making myself feel like crap about it. Which isn't very restful. It's not very <laughs> restful. Mentally, it is not restful yeah. at all. Physically, yes. Um, this week, I my body was definitely sending me clear signals of, like, stop what you're doing. Because you're about to ruin. No. Um. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. Throwing out some song lyrics. Anyways, my body was like, stop, take a pause. And actually, on Monday... No, sorry, Tuesday, when I had this experience, I was doing my, like, morning rituals of meditating, blah, 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 and I always end it with an oracle card pull. And I was already starting to feel, like, the signals my body was sending about stopping. And I was, I was for my to-do list that day, was to um, record a training that I'm eventually going to package and um, present as an offer for my clients. Um... So I was asking the oracle cards about the training, like how can I make this the best was kind of like what my intention question was when I pulled the card. And the card I pulled was no. It said, wait, I saw take that on a your pause. <laughs> yeah. Stop. Just say no. And I was like, okay, I hear you. So today is not the day for the recording. I get it. Yeah. Like the best, the, how I can make that recording the best is to not do it yeah. today. Nice. So, no. <laughs> and I really felt like 
garbage. My husband had been sick the past few days and I could tell I was battling it. And I never really fully got sick, but I could tell like my body was just like in that like rundown space and it just like if I kept pushing, right. I probably would have gotten sick. So it was telling me like stop. So anyways, I stopped. Awesome. I picked up a, a book. I grabbed a fiction book instead of like a self-development or like some sort of awareness or learning book. And I literally spent the entire day just alternating between napping and reading this book. And I never once beat myself up. I surrendered to it and I felt good. That is so powerful because I think we, like you said, like you can take the rest but like, are you actually like resting? So is it really even that helpful yeah. if we're beating ourselves up the entire time about it? I, I remember the first time I did that, which was like surrendering to the rest. Um, it was when like shortly after I started coaching with Brianna and it was on a Sunday and Sundays used to be for me a lot of like prep for the next week. And this actually can, it kind of goes back to what um, Michelle and I were talking about last week um, or two weeks ago, um, about, uh, about slowing down and just doing things just to do them. Right. Um, I used to, and I think this was very popular a few years ago too, is like doing meal prep on Sunday and, mm-hmm. um, planning out your week on Sunday. And it's not to say that any of those things are bad, but especially for me, like I don't meal prep anymore. Like I cook the meals as they come and I do, uh, prep Renee's lunches, like my husband's lunches. But if I don't prep them until the morning of like, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like this huge stressful thing that if I'm not doing it, it isn't like it never gets done and it's a huge failure. Right. So I remember the first, um, time that, it was after, like, I barely started coaching with my coach, Brianna. So this is probably close to three years ago. And we had decided that Sundays were going to be a no work day for me. And I was going to set that boundary. And she encouraged me to try and, like, relax versus getting everything in my personal life done on Sunday and cramming it all into that day. And I remember, same thing as you, I, like, sat on the couch I like had a, I think I had made a cocktail like with Renee and I like, I stayed in my pajamas and I just like allowed myself to rest. There's mm-hmm. a very big difference, like you're saying, than mm-hmm. just resting and allowing yourself. And that was a powerful, powerful day. Mm-hmm. Like powerful. I was like, oh wow. Like this is like, I don't feel guilt. I don't feel shame. I don't feel anxious. I don't feel, um, like I want to go do something or like I need to make up the time tomorrow. Um, and I think those feelings start to, and at least they may have for you um, this week too, like they start to come back in for a second and like being able to like shut those down or like dismiss those or alchemize as we were saying earlier yes. um, and move through those is like really, really, it makes you feel very powerful. You're like, wow, I gave myself permission. Like, mm-hmm. so I love that. It's the behind the scenes um, work. events, work, that things that we don't really see that's going on. It's all part of faith for me. I think that like we live in such hustle mode and we don't really give credit to what's going on in the bigger picture. 
and when you stop and you take pause and you allow yourself to rest it's like saying I have so much faith in my big picture vision Ooh. that I trust that like I can take this time for me without and it doesn't stressing mean anything. and it doesn't mean anything about my outcomes. Oh, that is. I trust that the universe is still working for me. Wow, that is huge. It's huge. It's That's and next it's level. a it's a frequency up level, right? So like, I mean, you and I both are big believers in energy and you know co-creating our lives with the universe and like. You, if you have these desires for, um, you know, your dreams, your like, like high level dreams, wealth, prosperity, abundance, happiness, freedom, like those kinds of feelings in your life, you have to match that vibration, that frequency with how you're being throughout your day. So by allowing yourself to take that rest, our immediate human thought is to be like, oh my gosh, I'm letting myself down, I'm failing at pursuing my dreams, I, I should be doing this, this, and this, I need to actively go out and get it. That signal, instead of just being like, no, I know I can rest because my homie, the universe, has my back, and I know that things are working out for me, no matter what. That also goes back to like confidence, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, like, if you know that your vision and your dream or your um, what you're working for ultimately is really what you want and ultimately you're taking the steps to go to do that and if you see that as a big picture and have confidence in that big picture then like it like just like just like with like a diet or anything like that like if you were were to see it on a long-term scale it wouldn't like the the amount of time that we're spending resting on that day is minuscule yeah it's minuscule like in comparison to the timeline right so i think this is something that um is a good topic too is like pulling back and like looking at things on a longer term renee and i were talking about this yesterday um that you can see things in a short term or a long term or somewhere in between and i think something that always used to like trip me up in going after um my career goals or anything I guess for that matter was that I saw it on such a shorter term than if I was to just maybe pull back a little bit and see things as a longer term then I wouldn't feel so rushed I wouldn't feel so um, anxious to start or I wouldn't feel like if I let if I let myself relax for one day that I was suddenly behind Mm. right like if I was to see it on like a 20 year scale versus a one or two year scale then I would be able to calm relax calm down and actually execute a lot um more efficiently um and I think that is like damn it, there was a thought that came into my head and then I had to find the word for effectively and I then I lost the thought. <laughs> damn it! But yeah, I just feel like if you can like see things on a larger scale a lot of times or a longer scale, mm-hmm. right? And you have faith in that end product and you know like the steps that you're taking to get there and you have a plan, um, but you still are always like focused on that long term instead of the short term. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Get it. 
I think the reason that we're always focused on that short term is because we always have people, uh, we have people on social media, Instagram, social media that are always like, I did this in six months. Mm -hmm. I reached 10K in Mm -hmm. five weeks, whatever the fuck it is, right? And we have this instant gratification, like, mindset where we're like, well, fuck, like it took my podcast six years to grow to what it is now. No one fucking says that. No Mm -hmm. one talks about that. That is not glamorous or glamorized Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, sensationalized. Like that's not the headline that you see. So we have this like almost like need for right now instant gratification. And I think that's a lot of times what makes us feel like we're failing or we're running behind or we can't allow ourselves to rest is because if we rested, then we may not make it and we may not be valuable or we may not be the sensation or we may never get that headline like that, you mm-hmm. know? The universe will only deliver what you're ready for, what you're ready to hold. That is so true. So if you're sitting here trying to force something, but really you haven't done the interpersonal work to be ready for it, it's, it doesn't matter how much effort you put into it. It's, it if you're not ready for it, it's not going to come to you. You right. have to be open to receiving it. And a big portion of being open to receive the things you want is knowing that no matter what it is you're doing or not doing, it's yours. Yeah. And it's holding the vision. Like somebody said to this to me a while back and it really stuck with me is that your job is to have the vision, to hold the vision and to take action steps and follow, basically to follow the nudges and the signals that the universe sends right. to you. And that those are your action steps. And to always hold the vision. And how do we listen to, or how do we like see those, right? It just, that's where you need to be connected because I feel like recognizing the opportunities or seeing these nudges and signals comes from like being connected to your intuition knowing that something is for you, knowing that that opportunity is the right one, quote-unquote right, Mm -hmm. um, you can only know that if you're tuned in. If you're not, you're going to be throwing spaghetti at the wall trying to figure out what's working and what's not working. I think the biggest red flag in that situation is if you find yourself saying, what should I be doing? What can I be doing? What could I do more? What do I have to do? So what? That's when you're trying to force an outcome. What um, questions would you say to ask instead of those? Because I feel like those are common questions. Sorry, I'm adjusting my mic. I feel like those are common questions that a lot of people would say to mm-hmm. ask. Mm-hmm. So what what questions would you say to ask instead of those? Maybe it's not necessarily asking questions, but it's allowing yourself to get quiet. Ooh. <laughs> We're going to put that on a reel. <laughs> we have to put that one on there. That is really good because that is, I think... True, that's what Michelle and I were saying. Slow down. Slow down. Because the second part of the equation, right? You have the vision, you hold the vision, and you follow the nudges and signals. The universe, the universe's job is the how and the when. It's not for you to control. Yeah. So you just have to, like, tune in. You have to tune out the external, tune into the internal. For sure. And you'll know. Yeah, that's, that's a big one, too, is, like, a lot of times we know. Mm-hmm. If we just sit down, we're relaxed and listen. Like, 
we know what the answer is. We always know the answer. The answer is never found outside of us, ever. Yeah, that's what you did say that last time. Mm -hmm. Just I like had a flashback. (laughs) I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah. Um, We come equipped with all the answers that we need to live our most harmonious life. And by nature, we are designed to live happy, harmoniously abundant and free. Yeah. It's when we are so disconnected from our internal and we are so tuned into the external. That's when we start to feel all of the, what most people deem as normal human existence, the stress, the anxieties, the worries, the overwhelms. Yeah. And people are like, oh, that's just life. No, that's life misaligned. That's not how we are supposed to be going through life. Yeah. That's actually kind of touches on like what our whole combo was too. <laughs> yeah. What our um, original concept for yeah. this podcast. <laughs> yeah. We actually got into a convo. Um, so I'll give you, we want to give you guys kind of like a little background on it and then we can kind of just like dive in. Um, so I actually got into a convo with my sister on this, which is another reason that I really think that this podcast will be very powerful for um, if you guys can take what we're saying and we're going to actually try to break it down into some action steps um, because you'll understand when we start talking about this that this can sound very um, it can sound very harsh it can sound very um, out of uh, out of uh, reach it can sound very like uh, gosh what's the other words that I'm thinking of it can sound kind of like almost like unbelievable, um, to be able to do. So let giving you that preface, um, Renee always calls it a preface <laughs> in the books just to be stupid, but, um, they love it. so just to give you that preface, um, when we're saying this, we're going to actually break it down. So continue listening to this episode. Don't turn it off. What we're going to say, um, can sound, like I said, very harsh, but we're going to break down what we actually mean and how to actually get there. So we started actually this convo talking about Kim K. So um, a few, this would probably be like probably a month or two ago now mm-hmm. when um, Kim Kardashian went to the Met Gala and um, the internet kind of went crazy because she wore um, a very uh, tight dress, a Marilyn Monroe's dress, right? I'm like, why did I feel like I, I got that yeah, wrong? Yeah, so you would know better than I do because I'm so out of touch. I'm pretty sure it was... But it was her dress, right? Like her actual yes, dress. Yes, it was her actual dress. And so the whole controversy actually started because Kim Kardashian said that she had to lose weight to get into this dress. Um, I think she said something like 15 or 16 pounds to get into this dress. And um, she dieted, obviously, right? She had to lose like 16 pounds in a small amount of time to get into the dress, right? Well, of course, the internet went crazy. And a lot of people actually in body positive space um, and um, a lot of other spaces that I actually am in a lot were very upset about this. And their reasonings were she has a large following, so she should not be, um, she's contributing to diet culture. They were also upset because you shouldn't have to change your body to fit into a dress, right? 
and that she should have like she has this large audience so she should do better so jenna and i i don't even know how we started talking about this and um <laughs> i think a lot of i think what a lot of people said regarding this were like reality we were talking about reality tv is that what we were saying yeah because you had that whole thing on um is it selling sunset that yeah show? oh yes yeah, that's how we people started. make you feel a certain yeah. way yeah yeah that's what i was gonna say too is that I think a lot of people, uh, like that's where this originally came from. So we're going to touch on, um, feelings and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but we want to talk about basically why we kind of complete kind of why we disagree with the whole Kim Kardashian weight loss backlash backlash. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we should start with, um, I think there's a few different topics here. I'm like ready to hit the ground running. I know. I'm like, where do <laughs> we start? Jumping at the bit. <laughs> so I think we could, there's a few different, um, a few different things that come up for me immediately when I saw that. So the first one being like celebrities and their, um, their influence and the, um, amount of power that we give celebrities, not only to influence us, but also to, um, to shape us and to have this moral obligation to do better. So that's one. I think also um, dieting and um, assuming mental headspace while you're dieting. And then lastly, I think also feelings and putting our, the way that we feel onto others and making that their responsibility, which is really the main thing that I think we talked about. That was the biggest thing that came up for me. Yeah. Okay. So you touch on it now. So I'm like, let me, let me stop talking. I, I mean, you're talking about it so well. Oh, thank you. I, um, so this is, I, when you posted, you posted something about what you saw in Selling Sunset, like a fight that they had and how it wasn't sitting well with you. And it was because one of the one of the um, personalities on the show was saying like she made me feel like mm-hmm. I take so much issue with that statement, and I it struck a chord with me when you posted it because like my husband and I also watch quite a bit of mindless reality television. Um, recently, like married at first sight, and like bachelor and bachelorettes and like all of those and what I had been noticing around that same time that you posted that was that I see so much in like the little confessionals and they're doing their little interviews yeah when they're describing what's happening they're always saying things like well she said this and she made me feel like this and she he made me feel like that and blah 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 and it's like well my first gut reaction is nobody can make you anything that's why are you giving all of your power away? Yeah. And so that's the sentence that I know can be very, very like, uh, triggering. So, um, it is triggering. So Renee actually used to say this to me, um, a long time ago at, when we would get in fights, I would say like, well, when you said this, you made me feel this way. And that's a completely like normalized sentence for us to say, mm-hmm. right. For us as humans, to say when we're feeling certain ways or we're expressing how we feel and we're like saying we're in an argument with someone and it's heated, right? That's like a normal thing to say. It's a very conditioned 
part of our vernacular as a society. Yes. So when you try to like, this is the, what I was finding really hard to explain and to verbalize over on Instagram. And then again, with my sister in person, it was really hard for me to like articulate what I actually mean by someone cannot like what I was saying to my sister is like, when you're saying you make me feel this way, if you actually break that sentence down, like I, like your feeling is within you. So it's actually has nothing to do with me mm-hmm. or like my words or like it has nothing to do with me. I am not putting that feeling onto you or into you. Right. Yeah. But that is a very, I was talking to my other friend after I was talking to my sister and I was telling her about our convo and she was like, I understand what you're saying, but that's a very, very like, um, healed way of thinking. Mm, Like that's a very, like, that's very advanced. That's like 10 steps past where you were like even a year ago. Anyways, the whole reason that we wanted to talk about this is because I feel like, um, yeah, when you say that just flat out, like, oh, I'm not, I'm not making you feel that way. Renee used to say this to me in arguments all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not making you feel that way. You feel that way. Mm-hmm. You already feel that way. He's completely justified. But that was in a fight. Oh my god. Oh, Those are like you even more. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> well, so let's break that sentence down. Let's do it. You made me feel this way. Okay. You said this to me, and you made me feel like this. So. This is what's happening. This is what's actually happening. You said something to me. Mm-hmm. It's a trigger that caused me to feel this way. For whatever reason, there's a root cause somewhere. Right. And whatever it was that you said brought it up. Right. And now I'm feeling some type of way about it. Right. Rather than getting curious and investigative and trying to figure out what's why I feel this way, why is this my response, what does this stem from, how can I shed it, reframe it, and heal from it, and move on. That's a lot of ownership for one person to take, especially if they're not already on some sort of personal healing journey, or personal awareness journey, or spiritual journey. Aware. That was a word. Aware. Aware. We said aware. Did we? (laughs) Maybe it wasn't. (laughs) But, so if you're not on that journey, you're just, you're just a normal Joe Schmo Person, person in this world having a human existence. I mean, let's be honest. The number of people who are really diving in and doing this work is not as huge as we might think it is. Right. Because we're in the world. So yes. we see all the people who are speaking the same way we are. And we assume a lot of people think that way. But that's vastly untrue. The vast majority of people... Somebody says something to them, it triggers them, it's their fault. And I don't even think it's really, like, about blaming as much as it's, like, not realizing that, like, when we're having feelings, like, even that sentence, like we said, breaking it down, like, you made me feel this way, feel isn't from another, like, another person. Like, that is a feel, you made me feel this way, that is a, um, like, that's you that's in Mm -hmm. within you right like that's a i'm like really blanking on my words today i understand i get that way a lot so 
no one can make you feel anything. No one can make you anything. But rather than take ownership over some type of way that we're feeling, it's really easy and convenient for us to just, and, and it's a self-defense mechanism. For sure. For us to just say, well, you said this, and now I feel this way, so you made me feel this way. Right. But what's really happening is when somebody says something to you, you assign meaning to it. Right. So you get to choose how you feel about what was said. Right. So, like, if you said something to me that maybe I might perceive as hurtful, I could say, Alicia said this to me, I'm going to choose to not believe it, so therefore I feel I feel neutral about what she just said. Or Alicia said this to me, and I'm going to choose to be deeply hurt by it, so now I'm hurt by, why, by or, what Alicia said. I think sometimes it's a lot of, it's in the middle, where it's like, Oh, like maybe that is true about me. So that's what I was kind of trying to articulate. Um, and I think this is like, it gets harder. It's longer than an Instagram story. Mm-hmm. So it's probably longer than a podcast. It is. It is. It's really <laughs> like a deeper level of, of a deeper concept to conceptual, to uh, understand. But um, like, I think a lot of times it's, it's the like if this item or this sentence or whatever if you believed that it was true then it assigns meaning if you believe that it is not true then it holds no weight Mm -hmm. so it a lot of times though it's in the middle where it's something that we may believe about ourselves very far deep down that we don't even realize where and then it brings it up or it may be something that we're so scared is actually true about us and so when that person says something it like shines this giant light on it mm-hmm. and we're like oh shit like i thought that might be true about me but now another person just saw that and you feel very exposed you can feel vulnerable. very vulnerable um yeah. That's definitely how I used to feel a lot of times in arguments with um, my husband was very exposed, very seen, very like, oh my God, I thought I was hiding this. Mm -hmm. I thought that this was not noticeable to other people. And obviously it was. Especially with Renee. Nothing gets by him. (laughs) I know. Yeah. But that's because he does investigate a lot of things, like because he asks questions he wants to like know more. So it's not like he has this like all seeing like third eye. He just questions things a lot and asks a lot of questions. So a lot of times like he's looking deeper into what you're saying. Yeah. 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 So he's a very, what? ah, I wish I could remember his, I know he's a projector, but his uh, personality profile, if he has a one line, I can't remember. I don't know either. Yeah. No, I don't know. But yeah, I he just seems very investigative. He is extremely investigative. Like, mm-hmm. and that can be also very like triggering. And um, Renee and I actually talked about this yesterday was how a lot of times when um, in the past, when he would ask me, I would be telling a story and he would investigate something Right. Maybe he would ask a follow up question or something that he was said he didn't really fully understand. So he's going to ask, you know, a question about to clarify something or 
um, he doesn't know what this was in the sentence that I said, right? So like a refrigerator, maybe he didn't, doesn't know what a refrigerator is. So he's going to ask, oh, what is a refrigerator? Instead of just letting the conversation go, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I used to find that so irritating. Mm -hmm. And I almost felt like very um, attacked when he would talk to me because um, I would feel like when he would ask a follow-up question or a clarification or whatever, I would feel like, okay, so you don't believe what I'm saying? Why do you always have to Ooh. not believe? Like, I'm telling you it. Why don't you just take it at face value? But for him, we were talking about this because now I notice I do that with people. And because I think he's been doing that for a very long time, he has a way of doing it a lot of times with, with people probably that he doesn't know yet that aren't like used to him doing that. He has a way of doing it where a lot of times people are very open and they're not, they're not upset by it. But I've noticed that I haven't had that same like flow with it yet. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes it can come off, um, aggressive in a way. Um, but really we're just asking like when we're, when people are asking those things, a lot of times they're really asking to be investigative because, they want to know more. They want to go deeper with you. Like they want to actually fully understand. And that's something that he always used to say was like, I just actually want to understand what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, I'm not trying to call you a liar or say that I'm attacking or feel like I'm attacking you. I'm just really trying to understand what you are actually talking about. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how I got on that, <laughs> but I think we were saying, um, like him being investigative and, um, how we got here there's a path yeah and then we left the path yeah and walked this way yeah so let's kind of <laughs> uh, so let's take it back to kim k um yes with the kim kardashian thing and the making you feel a certain way okay so when we were talking about this before we got on the podcast we were saying what what we saw happening from the kim kardashian thing and what we see a lot of times um just overall on reality shows or just in general um, with people in our lives is someone says something to you and immediately it's almost like a defense mechanism. Like you said, you made me feel this way, mm -hmm. right? Versus what we're talking about is someone says something, you realize it triggers something that you may actually believe about yourself or that you've told yourself or that you are scared to talk about or whatever it may be, right? A memory from your past that you assigned meaning to, right? And then you being able to talk, like to realize that and say like, oh, this is within me and not, and blame on and not putting blame on the other person and investigating that. Yeah. Right? So it's like there's two, basically it's like you got two options. Somebody says something to you that you deem hurtful. You can allow it to hurt you and put the blame on that person. Or you can notice that it hurt you and investigate it and grow from it and take ownership over your feelings. And I was saying that I think that's totally true. But how do you get from the one to the other? I think is where a lot of people feel like, okay, that sounds so great. Yeah, but how do I do that? How the fuck do I do that? Because when they're saying it, which is where I think the combativeness um, or the disconnect between my sister and I was, was that I'm saying 
right? The second option of looking into it. But she's like, yeah, no, but what you're saying is actually like mean. And I'm like, like, how do I get right? How do we get from taking a comment as mean, hurtful, meaning something right mm -hmm. to really not meaning anything? Mm -hmm. How do we or taking the um, ownership back and saying like, okay, why did this mean something to me? Because it's not really about like blocking out our feelings and not allowing anything to hurt. Absolutely not. It's really more about investigating it and seeing why did it hurt? What does that, what I've had, what have I assigned meaning to this mm -hmm. within myself? So that's what we actually want to talk about. That's going to be our actual like, um, action steps. Yeah. And how we can actually get there. So I can break that down. Get to it, girl. So something is said to you that hurts you or whatever you feel some type of way about. So I would say step one of the process is to give yourself space to feel. Okay. So whatever it is you're feeling, anger, hurt, sadness, fear, whatever it is, give your space to feel, give yourself the space to feel those feelings. Nine times out of ten when we're processing this stuff, it's after the moment anyways. Right. You know, it's not usually in the face of, of it being said to you. You know, somebody might say something to you and it could be casual in conversation. And then later on you're home and you're like, that really hurt my feelings. Right. Or whatever. Or they say something to you and you guys get into a fight and then you're processing after. Right. But when you're processing, give yourself the space to feel the feelings. If you need to cry, cry. If you need to scream, scream. Rage. There, there are different modalities that can help you process those feelings if you need to. Somatic dancing rage dancing, shaking, yeah, those kinds of things. Um, or good old-fashioned screaming into a pillow. Or my go-to is literally having a sob fest because I cry over everything. So feel those feelings. Okay. Once you have sufficiently purged those feelings, then get curious. So you need to remove yourself from the emotion at that point and put like your detective hat on. And start asking yourself the questions. Now, some people like to journal through this, or you might just be reflecting and thinking about it. But, okay, why did I feel this way in response to what was said? What may have, or what, what may have been triggered? An experience from the past? Um, a fear of mine? What was triggered by this statement? And you can kind of, <clears throat> what I've done in the past to, to uh, uncover what I have felt in the past or like why it was hurtful to me or whatever is almost like tune into more of like your gut because when, when those hurtful things are said that cut, right? Like a knife, right? You're, our like brain it almost, or at least for me, this is what happens is it, it, the words come in and all these things flash through your mind mm. in a split second. Right. And so if you can go back and kind of think of like what flashed through your mind at that second, you can figure, you can find what is actually taking place. Mm -hmm. And then I think it's really a good if you can find someone who um 
like talks about this and knows about this to bounce that idea off of. And I know I'm always open to this in the DMs and I'm sure Jenna is too. Um, if you can find someone to kind of like be your sounding board to bounce ideas off of a lot of times, I think that's really helpful too. So like you have your reflection period of, okay, when she said that sweater looks ugly on you or whatever, right? My sister maybe said like, don't wear that. Or, you know, my husband asked me what other options do I have for the outfit or whatever, right? Um, what flashed through my mind? If you can think back to that, that I feel like that is usually where your answer is. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of times for me too, when these events were, or these, um, yeah, events, I don't know, these scenarios were taking place with Renee and I, like it was on the tip of my tongue. What I really, when he would ask me like, well, why do you feel that way? Or like, what is behind that or whatever? It would be on the tip of my tongue, mm-hmm. but I did not want to say it out loud. Cause then your censorship takes over. And then it's real. Your editing process. Yeah. So like you don't say what you're really feeling. Yeah. So yeah. if you can. And those are big clues. Yeah. They're huge clues. So that's why I said like, if you can kind of like, um, process that a little bit by yourself and, and you know, you can look deeper into like what is actually happening. Um, like what those thoughts were that ran through your mind really quickly or what is like on the tip of your tongue that you kind of want to say, if you can kind of process those, um, a little bit by yourself and then have someone as a sounding board for those Mm -hmm. that can really help because I do also feel like a lot of times like that editing process can also, when we're looking at what's behind things or we're looking at like, what did I actually feel in that moment or whatever? Um, a lot of times we can rationalize and we can shift the story or we can shift what we felt and, uh, make, make, um, different things out of what things are, but an outside perspective can be very helpful in those. So someone that you trust, someone that that won't necessarily infuse their opinion into it, right. but will just listen without judgment and it's reflect like back what they hear you saying. Yeah. That's what's key. Yeah. So it would be probably better to utilize somebody who is a coach or a therapist right. versus like your best friend who's just going to say sure. what you want to hear. Yeah. Um, I think that that is huge to have somebody to bounce things off of or a sounding board. Um, if you don't have that or you you feel like you don't have like an unbiased or whatever reason or somebody that you can be vulnerable with um, or like not edit yourself in front of, a good thing would be to take your journal and kind of brain dump. So like grab a notebook, grab a pen, write down what was said to you and then just start brain dumping all the different feelings you had. And you'll find like, don't think about it, don't judge it. Just completely just let yourself get lost in writing. Whatever comes to mind, whatever pops in your brain. And when you're done word vomiting that, you can ask yourself, is there a time in my life where I felt this way before? Yeah, that's a big one. That's huge. And write about that. And that might take a bunch of times to to ask yourself this this is all repetition right this is what to start putting into practice when you encounter this situation because we're going to encounter this situation for the rest of our lives right so once you start putting this into practice it gets easier it gets um more natural it gets even quicker to move through for sure than in the beginning but only with repetition so another really good thing to ask yourself after that is 
can I remember the first time in my life I ever felt this way or an experience made me feel this or caused me to feel this way. Right. Because that could be a clue as to what the root cause is. So a lot of times the vast majority of our belief system is formed from ages zero to seven. So, and that is through things we're told, things we're taught, things we experience. Mm -hmm. So when you have a trigger, you can usually trace it back to a root cause of being between those ages. So like when you ask yourself, when is the very first time in my life I remember feeling this way and something pops up again, no judgments, no forcing, Mm -hmm. no editing, just what pops into your head. Allow like you should be in a space where it's quiet. You're able to be quiet, uninterrupted and just kind of listen to yourself and trust whatever pops into your head. So something might pop in your head from when you were four years old. And then you can like look at that objectively. Okay, this was said to me and I remember feeling this way. So therefore, what meaning did I assign that statement or whatever about myself? What what meaning did I assign about myself? What right. meaning did I assign about, like what did I decide about others as a result of hearing that? And what right. did I decide about the world and my place in it as a result of hearing that. And when you start to notice that, you'll start to see patterns in your life because that root cause from age four, well, then you had another experience that was similar at age seven and then another one at age 10 and then another, you know, so on and so forth until whatever age you are. And it just, those experiences just pile up and on top of each other and compound and create this belief about yourself that when somebody says something that you might not necessarily like, that might really right. be hurtful or be something that you, quote unquote, hate about yourself mm-hmm. or makes you feel like crap. So when somebody says something that triggers that that belief, that's exactly the response that we have. Mm-hmm. Now, you made me feel this way. Yeah. Well, no, not actually. The meaning that you assigned to, to similar statements from age four on is what made you feel that way. Right. But it's hard for us as humans to want to dig that deep into our past because it's hurtful. Right. It's work. It takes a lot of work and time. Yeah. And it's just so much easier to be like, well, Alicia said this and I felt that way. So it's all her fault. Right. And then move on. Right. Being mad at Alicia. But what's sad about that is look at the relationship you could potentially ruin because you didn't want to take ownership of your feelings. Or it was just easier to not. Or look at the experiences you might miss out on in life. And look at how miserable you are. Because you're allowing yourself to just keep on feeling this way instead of taking the time to do the work, to find the root cause, and to eventually release it and redefine it. So that way when things like that, they might hurt, but you can eventually get through the pain and then say, you know what? That's not true. I believe this about myself. And so I'm not going to let that affect me anymore. Yeah. I think that's something that we should talk about too, is like what's on the other side. Um, and so I think that was a really great way of putting all of that because I think it really, if you guys, um, like kind of taking notes and following that basically those little action steps of basically what it boils down to is like taking time, like reflecting, being by yourself, repetition and 
looking back into when you felt that way before and taking like your emotion out of that actual scenario, which is by reflecting and taking time. And that's why, um, actually, well, I want to touch on this too, before we move on to what's on the other side, but, um, Chelsea, um, the sabotage queen who I am going to have as a guest on this podcast, which I'm so excited about. Unfortunately, she's not going to be in person because she, she lives in Boston, but we're trying to manifest an in person, but We'll see if that happens. But anyways, something that she taught me in her course, um, All in Biz Queens, which was a business course that literally helped me so much in my business and had nothing to do with fucking business. Um, Something that she taught me about the exact scenario that you were saying about how we start with this meaning and then we keep building on it, right? Because of different um, scenarios that happen. What she taught me is that It can also be multiple instances between zero to seven, right, that happen. But then as adults, what we actually do is because we felt that way and we assigned that meaning at that time, it's kind of like a treehouse, right? And we have this treehouse and the treehouse is our belief about ourselves, right? Um, And for me, um, my belief was that I am not good enough and that my parents were not there to protect me. So that was my core belief, right? Mm -hmm. Just one of many, right? Mm -hmm. That was probably my biggest one is that I'm not good enough for my parents to be there to protect me. That was a core belief I had as a child. I also looked for ways to support that. So whatever situations I was in, so like you were talking about how other situations, right, compound and make that belief stronger. The way that she kind of... Uh, gives an example of that or um, makes you has you visualize that is um, like a tree house that so that belief is your tree house and what are the roots that are supporting the tree Mm. that holds that tree house up right Mm -hmm. and so the those roots are actually things or situations or scenarios in our life that we actually look for ways to support that treehouse. So this is our own perceptions of situations that allow that to be supported. And Mm -hmm. we kind of can like, we can perceive things in any way that we want. So we can perceive a situation in a way that benefits that core belief and allows it to become stronger, which this is a very, very, very like hard thing to swallow when I was going through her that course with her, um, me looking back and realizing that I may have perceived a lot of things in my childhood differently, not to say that I was incorrect or that I was um, making things up or that I, I'm not validating myself. That's not what I'm saying at all, but that I perceived things in a certain way to um, support that belief that I already had about myself is a lot to take in. Mm-hmm. It was a lot, but it doesn't like just because that's true, just because I did maybe did that as a kid, right? It isn't because I did it on purpose or because I didn't want to take responsibility or ownership. It was because it is a defense mechanism for me to not feel right? Mm-hmm. And we do that as kids. We do that. We're protecting ourselves. Like our ego protects us all the time from feeling these That's deep what it's built for. feelings. And so 
knowing that I did that, but it doesn't mean that I did it in a bad way. I actually Mm -hmm. did it out of Mm self-defense and realizing that was so, so, so like life-changing for me that I actually realized how many scenarios I actually did that as an adult, right? Like I can give you guys tons of examples, but the the best one that I can find and that I was talking to my mom about when she was here was that I used scenarios like getting tattoos, right? That I know would piss off my parents. Yes, I like tattoos, right? But I also know that that would really piss off my parents. So I did that. I, I Before tattoos, I probably did other things, right? Got piercings, snuck out, got in trouble, whatever. So that I could piss off my parents so that I have another reason to say, see, they don't understand me. Another piece of proof. Right? Another route to support that treehouse that they don't love me enough. They don't care for me enough. Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough to, for them to stand up for me or to be there for me or to understand me. And when I finally realized how many scenarios that I was so angry with my parents about and so pissed off and I did all these things, blaming them the entire time, right? Putting all that blame on them. I have no blame. I'm just Alicia. I'm just living my life. I like tattoos. I like to do what I want. Why is that so bad? None of that is actually bad. But me putting all the blame that they don't understand me and they they don't care and all these things that I had it built up in my head, when I realized that that was from my childhood and a defense mechanism from my childhood, it was very freeing. Mm. It was extremely freeing. And realizing all that was just life-changing so when you're saying the compounding yeah um because you could remove the anger from it then and start to look at it objectively which is immensely helpful it it was crazy it took and this like we were saying this took me a long time a lot of um talking to uh renee talking to my um close friends a lot of soundboarding a lot of like looking back and taking ownership and letting that ownership be okay mm-hmm. and not letting that ownership mean anything. You can't judge yourself. Right. Cause you That's could definitely go the it. other way. Too. Yeah. You could go the other way. So like, I mean, this is all, this is the work. This is, this is all trauma work. Yeah. And what people don't realize or a lot, a lot of people who aren't in this arena they don't realize that when you say trauma work, I'm not talking like you were abused in some way right. or yeah. like had like something extremely tragic and traumatic happen right. to you in your childhood. It could be as simple as your mom grounded you for doing something and you as a child made it mean something right. that then you took forward into the rest of your life. Right this meaning about you and you formed and then you looked for proof throughout your life to support this meaning that you decided on that one day. Right. And you formed this hardcore belief about like, say you're not worthy. Yeah. All because of something silly and seemingly innocent from age five. That's why like I hesitate to use the phrase trauma work sometimes. For sure. Yeah. Because it throws people off. But like that is trauma. Yeah. In the meaning that it it impacts you in a negative way as an adult. Yeah. So, therefore, it, it is having a traumatic effect on you. Yeah. I think um, 
this is exactly like what we're talking about is like taking ownership, right? And that was our whole thing about the Kim K thing is taking a lot more ownership of our own Mm. feelings. So let's talk about kind of how it looks after, or not after, but yeah, I guess after, after you are able to see and take ownership of your own feelings and why that's important and why um, it can improve your quality of life or um, just in general, what it kind of looks like after. So yeah, why don't you start with that? Well, when you're moving through this, right, and you've done all like the all the answered all the questions that we spoke about earlier and you've processed these feelings and you've identified where it's come from that maybe you've you've identified a core belief that you have about yourself or a core fear or something along those lines so it's then to get to the other side yeah it's then saying okay here's what i in the past had decided about myself about others and about this world and my place in it. Do I believe that to be true? You now have a choice. Mm-hmm. You can either say, yes, I still believe that to be true and keep moving forward and being triggered by this exact thing. Mm-hmm. Your choice or your choice could be, no, I do not believe this about myself. I do not, be- I no longer believe that I am unworthy. I'm making the strong choice to stand here and now to not believe everything that I had decided. Right. In the past. So, okay. So now you're making a new choice. Okay. So then it's asking yourself, well, what choice do I want? What do I want to declare about myself? Right. Here and now. So my new declaration is, I am Jenna and I am worthy. Or whatever it might be. Right. You know? Yeah. I'm just using self-worth because that seems to be something that resonates with everyone. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so instead of, you know, whatever was said to me had triggered some I'm not worthy issues and I had decided from something in my past that I'm not worthy and I went through and I examined all of it. I removed the emotion and I looked at it all and I saw that I found the root issue from when I was four. And now I'm going to say, you know what? What happened when I was four didn't mean that I wasn't worthy. I just assigned that meaning to it. So now I'm going to choose to assign a different meaning to it. I'm going to choose to assign the meaning that I am worthy. And I'm declaring here and now that I am worthy. And that is my new declaration. And that's what I believe no matter what. So now you get to move through life. And when these things happen to you that trigger the feelings, now with practice, you get to recognize it. And you get to say, hey, I'm feeling this way because of something that was said and this has happened to me before and I know that this is triggering these feelings of unworthiness, but hey, I decided that I am worthy. Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm feeling hurt. I'm, I'm feeling like I want to cry, so I'm going to go ahead and let myself cry. And I'm going to let these emotions out of my body because we don't want to bottle them up because that gets stored and that compounds. Right. So I'm going to release these feelings. I'm going to cry. I'm going to pound my fist into the pillow. I'm going to scream. I'm going to do what I need to do. And then I'm going to stand up, I'm going to brush the tears off my face, and I'm going to say, I am worthy. Yeah. And And then you get to move forward, and you feel lighter. And there's a freedom in that, and an empowerment in that. For sure. And I want to kind of give, like, a real-life example for you guys as far as the Kim K thing and actually how I felt. Yeah. Um, Because that was actually, it felt a lot different to me than it probably would have maybe two years ago or, um, and different there than it would have felt four years ago and six years ago. So the Kim K thing, right? 
when I heard her say like the whole like dieting, um, I dieted and whatever, I think my, um, my reaction probably a few years ago would have been exactly the same as most other people's, um, or what, what we're talking about, right. The negative backlash, right. Of wow. Like that is pretty like fucked up that she, you know, you dieted in 16 weeks or 16 pounds in whatever many weeks. And it's pretty annoying that she's talking about it. And, you know, a lot of little kids are going to see this and think about that. And they're going to, you know, that's how we got to this diet culture place. And that's exactly how I felt as a kid. And that's exactly how I probably would have felt a few years ago. Mm-hmm. When I heard it um, this time, right? When I heard it in real time <laughs> this time, when I heard it now, my reaction was, hmm. I took a second and I was like, I can see how this is, can be very like misconstrued and probably very triggering for a lot of people. And like, it almost is like kind of neutral, but I was like, that's kind of like whatever that she lost 16 pounds in however many weeks. But I, I, I'm not a loss for words because my reaction was very neutral Mm-hmm. Like my reaction was, okay, like who the fuck cares is really what my reaction kind of was. Like, I can see how this will be triggering for people. However, for me, I knew you were farting. I knew that was not me. You were farting. I could smell something. I'm Let's like, what make is it that? clear. <laughs> daddy is farting no humans contributed to that sound effect people (laughs) um (laughs) i just kind of thought like i don't care if she wants to do that then that's fine Mm -hmm. will i do that probably not but although who knows to say who's to say what if what if suddenly you're like super famous and you have a red carpet moment and there's a dress you really want to wear and the only way you can wear this dress is if you lose 16 pounds in two weeks. And there is this trainer who's like, ooh, I heard that if you eat all tomatoes and that's it, you're going to lose 16 pounds like that. And you're like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it because I want to wear the dress and then I'll resume my healthy whatever yeah. after. That, 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 that actually was my thoughts. I was like, I could now because I'm in a much better headspace with dieting, a much better headspace with my self-worth and my confidence and my whole body. I may have I may have dieted to go into that dress, I Mm -hmm. think, but it wouldn't mean anything if I didn't get into it or it wouldn't like like the meaning behind the diet would be a lot different for me um, Mm -hmm. at that time or now in present time. But my reaction to this whole Kim Kardashian thing was very neutral. And so that's what I really want to like focus in on. And because that's a very healthy place to be neutrality. Yeah. I really want to drive that home is that now a lot of times things are not upsetting to me as much. Um, things are not, um, as a big deal, like celebrity say why? Because you're not making it mean anything about you. That is the, that is the number one key. Yeah. And it really, like, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. Why should celebrity actions mean really anything about me? It should not. It shouldn't. But that right there is the core issue with everybody who's triggered by situations such as KK trying to fit into a Marilyn Monroe dress. Right. 
they are making it mean something about them. Right. And that's why they're upset. Right. And Whether they're aware of that or not. Is that literally, I don't think that, like, that's kind of egotistical for us to even think that by her doing that, that somehow it means that we will be affected. Mm. How? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I understand that people are going to say when, when we're talking about this, that like she's uh, influencing a generation and she's influencing things that happen with us, um, you know, as a world um, and our children. But I think again, that for us, at least for this topic, this is within our own responsibility, right? It's like you and I were saying is how fair is that? Okay, so what's her reach on Instagram? Like how many millions? I don't even know. Like 30 million or oh something my. stupid. Let yeah. Me look. I think probably in the billion. I mean, I don't follow her. I'm sure it would I be billion. I, I'm being like that person. And I'm like, I'm not going to give her one more follower. <laughs> she won't get my follow. You're really hurting her with that. I know, right? 314 million. Million, okay. She's very upset that I'm not following her with any of my accounts. Um, 314 million people worldwide follow her on Instagram and see what she's doing on a regular basis. Right. So, yes, on one hand, we could say she has a wide reach. She does. She has a heavy influence. Yes. So she should be responsible with what she puts out there because she could be impacting people negatively. So I want to break that sentence down before you say what you're going to say. I mean, I'm just going to say I disagree with that. Yes, I I already know that. (laughs) But your sentence is she should Mm. because she could. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So So many red flags. I think the biggest is like she could. That's an assumption. And she should. It's a judgment. And, and that's a standard by that someone else is placing. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think that's a big thing that I have a huge, um, like, I, I see all the time and I really, really try to stray from is saying things like should. Mm-hmm. She should. He should. I should. Mm-hmm. Instead of, because really what is a should, right? A should is like. I need to do this because someone else will will judge it, it's think ex- this way. It's the right thing. External expectations. Yeah, it's an expectation that's being placed on it. It should is ex- <clears throat> expectation based, mm-hmm. right? And that's what I really I think try to stray away from because it and it it's hard. It's again, it's like a big concept to take in is like because there are these like moral standards that we have throughout society that are like well you shouldn't steal you shouldn't um hit people you shouldn't do set fire to things like right yeah so it's very like touch and it feels like a slippery slope it is a very slippery slope that's a better way to say it yeah but i really do try to stay away from the word like should because it's putting like you said an expectation and by whose standards and where did that standard come from and Mm. why am I using that standard to define 
what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, again, like being that little investigator, like you were saying. And I, I really noticed that in my own vocabulary, like in the last like maybe year or two in saying like, well, I really should be reading today. Why? Should be reading today? It's a red flag. What the fuck is that kind of sentence? Mm-hmm. Who is telling me that I should be reading today and why? Mm-hmm. And why am I telling myself that? Like, I even what? said in in um, the human design book I gave you, I think on one of the one of the pages, yes. it says, if you find yourself saying things like I should or I have to, those are right. red flags that they're not necessarily aligned, aligned. for you. Because yeah. you're operating by an external expectation yeah. rather Huge. than what's internally right for you. Huge. So going back to the Kim K sentence that you were going to say <clears> throat> is throat> she should do X, Y, and Z because she could have a uh, huge impact on the world or whatever, yeah. right? We're placing an external expectation on her, which isn't fair. We wouldn't. We, I, here's my mantra. I won't shit on you. You don't shit on me. <laughs> like, it's like. Because it's just unfair. I'm not going to tell you what you should do. You can't tell me what I should do. We shouldn't tell e- each other or ourselves what we should do. We just need to listen to what's going on in our hearts. If we all follow our hearts and are, and, and are in alignment with our truest, authentic selves, there would be none of this in the world. It would just be such a peaceful, harmonious existence for all because that's how, if we all lived the way it was designed... It was designed to be harmonious. Look at look at nature. Yeah. Everything is designed a Working specific together. way to work harmoniously. Yeah. Yeah. So I think what we're really like getting to here is that we have to collectively like take responsibility for our own feelings. Mm-hmm. Dig a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. If you are if you are wanting to stop having these conflicts with people if you're wanting to stop um placing blame on others or if you want to also stop feeling hurt a lot of the time mm-hmm. by actions Huge. of others is or what you see on media or what you see on media dig a little bit deeper take some of the action steps that jenna and i both gave and start to implement those and start to implement them again with repetition mm-hmm. because i think that's the biggest thing is repetition and practice and I preach that so much on this podcast but not doing it once and then saying like oh shit like it didn't work but continually trying it and going deeper and um and having somebody like we said like somebody that you can um have an outside party that you can look up to um that you value their opinion but that their opinion isn't based like we said um isn't objective and a lot of times that can be a coach a mentor um a therapist like someone that has an outside view of it and yeah non-biased non-biased objective yeah yeah and it's it's um you know one point i wanted to touch on is not woe is kim k but it's unfair oh for sure it's unfair because why are we giving her the responsibility to influence us yeah why are we giving her that power and what qualifies her yeah that's the thing that i really yeah so um, like have issue with kim k did this diet and it made me feel some type of way about myself i was triggered by it and so i'm upset with her because she should be more responsible if she's going to like have this outreach that's like you know the mentality right Mm -hmm. well why what what qualifies her 
she's not a therapist. She's not an eating disorder specialist. Like, she's not, like, a fitness coach or a nutritionist. She has zero qualifications in the world of, of weight loss, health, wellness, any of that. To be influencing To be influencing life. you in any sort of way. She's just a woman who wanted to wear a freaking dress. So why are we giving her that power? She didn't ask for that power. And I know the opposite side of that argument is, well, she put herself in the spotlight. So with that spotlight comes responsibility. Yes and no. Well, I I was talking to Renee about this before um, you came on because I was telling him what we were going to kind of like to talk about and discuss. And he was, um, he's obviously he agrees with us, um, which I already knew. But um the example that I was giving him as well was like Miley Cyrus, right? When, when Miley Cyrus mm. like left Disney and started her whole like twerking and that whole era, um, a lot of people were placing these same expectations onto Miley Cyrus. Oh my God, my kid looks up to you. You are a role model for children. You're a, you were a Disney star. Like you shouldn't be doing this because kids are watching, mm-hmm. right? She never asked to be a role model to That was children. her response <laughs> yeah. to that. And I remember hearing that and I thought, wow, that's very true. Yeah. Like, because it, it sounds logical, right? Like, kids are watching. Like, maybe you should chill out. Like, maybe you should slowly go into that, right? Or maybe yeah. you should wait until the kids are, whatever, you know? Like, maybe you should wait until you're removed from Disney for a while, right? Her response was so good because it was like, I never asked to be a role model for anyone's children. I was acting on a TV show. Mm-hmm. And I am no one's fucking role model. Mm-hmm. I'm not a role model. Yep. I'm just me. And I thought that was so good because I was like, dude, that is a, a really like um, another really good way to see it with taking dieting out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And instead it being like sexual right yeah and being like being coming of age right and yeah the thing that's funny about that too is that she was what probably like much older playing a much younger girl on tv so society's perception of her was much younger but when, then when you look at her and you actually looked at her age at that time like she's doing normal things that a normal person of that age would be doing mm-hmm so why are we now holding her to a different standard, right? Yeah, because it's she's completely unfair. She didn't spotlight. ask for it. Didn't ask for it and isn't qualified to also be our role model. She is like, not. She is so not qualified. Like, to be honest, nobody's qualified nobody to be is. our role models no, but ourselves. Yeah, we're not saying these specific people, but yeah. Yeah. We're just saying like, a celebrity should not be our role model But that's what we as a a society do. We see somebody in the spotlight and because we like them and millions and millions of other people like them too, we suddenly assign them this role model superiority position. Mm -hmm. And then when they like fall from this impossibly high pedestal, we just placed them on ourselves. We get angry with them and they're like, yo, I never wanted to be on your pedestal. Right. Please don't put me there. Right. And it's, it's just unfair, and, it, and it's it's unhealthy for us. It's unfair to them. Right. And I'm never going to be one to feel sorry for Kim Kardashian. <laughs> I I'm never going to be. I have but, very neutral feelings toward her. Exactly. I, 
Exactly. It's just like, I think that people holding her in a position of influence and of having power over their lives, well, that's not fair to Kim. It is just not fair, and she's wholly unqualified for it. So imagine a a really good way, I think, to kind of see this from a different perspective if you're disagreeing with this, is to kind of imagine yourself in the opposite perspective. So imagine that you're just living your life, right, day to day, just like we are, and imagine that someone in your life put a specific expectation on you. Let's say your husband. This is a great example. Let's say your husband put this expectation on you that you were going to have every single meal cooked for him or your kids or whatever, right? At all times, right? That's an impossible expectation for one person. Mm -hmm. And it may not be something that even aligns to you, like you're laughing, right? But imagine (laughs) that your husband had that just suddenly put that expectation on you Mm -hmm. because you cooked him maybe three meals in a row. Mm -hmm. And then he said, well, shit, like. I'm going to have this expectation to happen every single day from here on out. And imagine that you failed that expectation somehow you tried, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you tried, but somehow you failed that expectation. And in turn, he's pissed at you. Mm -hmm. So imagine that if you're thinking like, well, if you're disagreeing or you're having any thought that what we're saying is um, that you're leaning toward the other side, imagine that expectation, right? Mm hmm. How, how would you feel as a wife or a significant other? You'd feel like, the fuck? Like, I didn't put that expectation there. I didn't ask for it. Actually, frankly, I didn't even like cooking those first three meals anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, I just did it because it was something that, you know, you liked. Or maybe I wanted to cook that day, but it doesn't mean I want to cook like that for the rest of my life. Like, why are you doing all that to me? And then, damn it, I tried to fulfill your expectations and failed. Yeah. But, like, I tried. So, like, why are you getting so mad at me? Yes, so like, imagine that, expect, imagine that that's it probably on a very small level, what it may feel like as someone else who has a, a celebrity who has those expectations placed on them. Mm-hmm. So we're not saying, woe is me. We're just saying like, that is very, like, it is a very, um, out of like, it's very like out of scope to place those there mm-hmm. just like you would feel as as another human being like what the fuck I don't want to cook those fucking meals for you like yeah how can you expect a human being that you have literally never met in your life to fit within a certain standard and expectation every single day without fail for an eternity like how can you expect that mm-hmm. so like I've never met Kim so I How can I expect her to fulfill whatever expectations and obligations I have placed upon her to be when I've never met her? She's never met me. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, regardless of our status in life, in society, at the end of the day, every single one of us are a human living a human existence, which means we are meant to make mistakes. We learn by experience. We're meant to fuck up. Yeah. We're meant to not fulfill somebody else's expectations. Like, that's just what happens. Why is it okay for me and you to do that, but it's not okay for her? Right. Yeah. I totally agree. So, I think that is where we're going to cap it. Ooh. Because... What? I know. Because no. It's short. I know. I can't edit that much. 
<laughs> now yeah. I want to keep going forever. I think we're going to cap it. Plus, I'm really hungry. <laughs> I want to eat. One final point would be, I w- would be an invitation for everybody to consider not looking to the external for how to be and what what to believe and start looking within some did it right up i mean yeah we should never live according to the well i'm using the word should Ooh, <gasps> i know i caught myself saying like, saying, yeah. why are you doing that to me i i just i feel strongly that it serves us all better if we were to stop living or looking to the external for our cues well, and start i think you're gonna have a higher quality of life yes which yeah. is basically when you're saying like what we should do, right? It's because you're basing that on a higher higher quality of life. Yeah. 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 I think a higher quality of life is achieved by looking within, mm-hmm. not looking towards the external for validation, not looking at the external for what, what, um, what we should do. <laughs> Right? But not looking for... For answers. For answers within um, other people, like the answers are within. hmm So, yeah, I think that's a great way, to, a great place to stop it. Um, I, first of all, just want to say um, thank you so much, Jenna, for coming back. And I'm so happy. You guys loved her episodes. So thank you guys Aww. for all that. And um, that means a lot. I'll have everything uh, that we talked about here on the podcast link down below. Of yes. course, I'll have Jenna link down below in case you guys don't already follow her on Instagram. Yes, yes. And um, reach out to either of us in the DMs if you have thoughts on this episode, questions, or if you need a sounding board. We are both here and available for you. <laughs> all right. Uh, I love you guys so, so much. I will see you guys in two weeks. We're having major guests coming on. So many, so many good guests. I cannot even freaking wait. So make sure you guys are following over on the Instagram, Confident AF Podcast on Instagram, because I'm announcing all the guests. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, then please DM me on Instagram and tell me why, because I want to interview and talk to and chat. I'm trying to get away from the word interview. I want to chat with so many of you guys and just know your stories. I feel like this has really been such, I talk about this all the time. This has been a huge growth place for me, but it has also been a really safe place and like it feels like very easy to me so I love doing it so if you want to be a guest DM me let me know why and then we can put you on the podcast so I love you guys so so much I will see you guys in two weeks and until then don't forget to let your confidence shine Mm. yay oh my god